This episode of the Skift podcast features a discussion from a recent online Skift event. You can find out more about Skift forums and other special events at forum.skift.com. Please welcome Chairman and Senior Executive at IAC and Expedia Group, Barry Diller, in conversation with Skift Editor-in-Chief, Tom Lowry. Good afternoon and welcome to the Skift Global Forum opening event. Just before we get going, I just want to give you a little background. Uh, okay, fine. We've been trying uh, to yeah. get Barry to a Skift Forum event for years, so I don't know whether this year was the pandemic or the appeal of this wonderful virtual stage we're on, but we're so happy to have him here to help us kick off Skift Global Forum. Also, just a little bit of background. I first started covering Barry in the early 19s, early 1990s when he had shocked the entertainment world and bought a stake in shopping network QVC. This was a transition that allowed him to see the future of e-commerce when others weren't and eventually led to the creation of IAC and his interest in travel. What I've learned from experience is that Barry is refreshingly candid, always, and I don't think the years have softened him. So I think we're all in for a really good conversation this afternoon. Hi, Barry. Good to see you. Thank you very much. Make the case for why the travel industry will never, ever be the same. Well, my God, first of all, nothing is ever really, really the same. I mean, time marches on, things evolve, et cetera, et cetera. But, <clears throat> and actually, I really do believe if we have an end date, and I, if, the, if there's one thing I fervently hope, somehow in these next months, this certainly in the next six weeks is impossible for anybody to think about much of anything with the anvil of this election over our heads. But uh, at some point, of course, there will be a vaccine. Uh, the thing I truly, as I say, perfectly hope for is that there'll be a date certain, meaning you could say June 1st of 2021, we're back. International travel uh, is uh, allowed uh, and every all of the actually prohibitions have ended now i every month or two i've been extending that date hmm. and i suspect now that june of 21 may not be that date uh i still think that's somewhat unpredictable uh, all all based upon all the news we get, the differing news about the virus and its timing, I mean, the vaccine and its timings and all that. So long we'll forget going on and on about this. Once that happens, I think it does. I think everything substantially will return. Okay. Will, there, will there be modifications, things that are based upon uh, the advance of technology that is come into place uh, more quickly than any of us thought that allows this kind of interaction rather than getting on a car, bus, train, plane, whatever, whatever you want to call it, to go meet with people for business purposes. I suspect one-on-one, -on -one, there'll be somewhat less of that. But I think for all other purposes, I think I'll give you one little example, which is let us assume, and that it's, by the way, it's not a given, that uh, uh, people will do more and more work uh, virtually from home or from a, a location other than a central office building. Uh, 
they still will find great appeal. And this is where I think MGM particularly comes into, in, in, into play here. In going someplace, somewhere, some, some multiple times a year to actually be together. That may not be, in all cases, an office environment. That may be a group of 30 or 50 or 90 or 200 people or more, but I'm really thinking of it in much smaller groups that will every quarter say, we're going here to spend two days being with each other. I think that is something that has not existed before that may supplant the decrease in uh, other kinds of uh, business travel. And particularly at MGM, where I was this week, as you know, we've made this investment in MGM, and uh, they have these innovation uh, rooms, like uh, picture a corridor with very long corridor with relatively small rooms, 10, 15, 20 people size. In the most interesting configuration, I took a picture of it because I want to build it and duplicate it, where groups can, small groups can get together. They could isolate and plan this whole isolation program if that were still needed, or just these wonderful places to kind of meet and talk with your colleagues in relatively small groups. So as I say, of course, there'll be some changes. Substantially, though, full stop, it'll be back. Okay. So that was one of my, one of my questions was whether you believe the work from home trend will last. It sounds like to some degree you do. So well, I really, I have to also say one more thing. I don't think it works. So uh, now in, in some small, not some small cases, there are, there, there are use cases of course where it's okay, but as a diet, as a steady thing, it does not work. It's not good. Working from home is nothing compared to on so many different levels, walking down a corridor, bumping into people, being in the same environment, being a floor away or whatever, whatever it is in the community of office work. That is a better environment for actual work. This four, three, six, nine hours a day is le enormously less productive. Okay, you're talking to somebody who now works for a fully distributed company without an office. So there must be some upsides as well, right, to, to working remotely and virtually. Are you saying that, that uh, uh, Skiff does not ever, has not ever had an office? We have, but we gave it up in July. We gave up our London office in July. So we are a fully distributed company right now. And you so. think from now, from now until forever, that's how yeah. you're going to I think the model that you were talking about with MGM and the quarterly meetings, that that was something that, that Skift will eventually go to in some form. So let's get back to travel. So two of the big drivers in recent years, Barry, for the travel industry were uh, the outbound Chinese leisure traveler, as well as the steady uh, increase in corporate travel, particularly long haul travel. Talk about whether those trends return to the levels that we saw as, you know, as recently as January. China is unpredictable for too many reasons uh, to uh, bangle about here. Uh, but I would say that international uh, the travel you've just described, I, th I think absolutely it's going to uh, return as vibrant, if not more. Now, maybe you'll get this big resurgence 
that uh, will then tail off a little because I think that uh, nothing, you know, we are not going to evolve to the, you know, singularity that all that quickly that is going to change the basic habits that have been built up over certainly forget this generation or two generations before. I mean, if you're three years old, it's very possible that in 15 to 20 years, you will have grown new uh, ways of doing things that are, that are, that are countercultural to what we know now. I don't expect that to happen for the next 20 years. Right. So in terms of corporate travel, what kind of changes have you instituted at IAC, at your own company? And where do you see sort of, well, it's become a much smaller business for airlines, for hotels? Well, yeah, for sure. Look, uh, <laughs> it's very hard for all of us to actually realize what has happened because we're living in it. So we don't have a lot of uh, objectivity. Everything has stopped, you know? So when it stopped, it the, the, the idea, everybody has to make up, what will we do, what will happen, et cetera, et cetera. But it has stopped cold. So if you posit that there's going to be a time, again, it, it's later than I had hoped, Right. I think it's sometime in 21. I can't put the date and it ain't before <laughs> probably June, right. but sometime in 21 we'll open again. And once we do the verities will return our office, our, our, all of our policies, every company's policy on travel, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there is none Re really. I don't know any company that is actually saying, okay, Johnny or uh, Barbara, you go here on this date to do that. Right. So you early mentioned, Barry, you mentioned MGM. You took a, your IAC took a billion dollar stake recently and you went on the board and just, uh, you know, we've got some MGM resorts executives at the forum this week. Uh, our founder, Rafat Ali, will be interviewing Atif Afik on Wednesday. What's the what's the long term strategy for AIC with MGM? Well, uh, you know, I've been I spent three days last week uh, in Las Vegas actually on my first tutorial, so now I know enough to be at least a little dangerous. Uh, the, the the whether it's look the one thing I, God knows I would not have asked for this to be our entry, but what happened to worldwide travel allowed us to enter investment in NGM uh, at what we consider to be a more than reasonable price. Uh, and uh, since I, since I, what I've learned is in this, since we made this investment and on the way to making this investment is that I think this is a company that has such presence uh, obviously in Las Vegas, but as well in regional places and in uh, Macau, uh, that it is, first of all, it is as an investment, I have less than nothing to worry about in terms of it being quote money good. 
but its possibilities, its potential, and particularly in online uh, betting, whether it's sports or casino, is is enormous. I mean, others I can't really quantify it. I have no clue. I can read all the stats, but that's all meaningless. So here is this this company that has been certainly like everybody else. It's been hobbled by this one-time event, but uh, it has great properties. It has, as I've been learning, superb online management. I, online management. I mean management, both in its bed MGM venture and in the resorts. Incredibly uh, uh, impressive. And when you think of its presence in Las Vegas alone, and you think of the just the extraordinary uh, uh, coverage that it has, there's no city, I think, in the world uh, uh, that you would call a big city. And I'm not talking about Orlando, you know, right. Disney-based. That uh, a company has such a, a, an integrated presence at every level. Uh, and I, I can't, look, the infrastructure that was built in Las Vegas over the last, I don't know, 70 or 80 years, and particularly in the last 20, uh, uh, in, in terms of resort development, but the, the sheer creativity of what they've built, the infrastructure that makes that place work on so many different levels is impossible to duplicate. I don't think any place else in the world is going to duplicate it. This was an opportunistic uh, decision based just in the last couple of months. This is not, you weren't eyeballing hospitality. This just popped up and it seemed like the right time to make the investment. Look, one of the things that happened simply is, uh, uh, (laughs) I see it was the tale of two cities for me. On one hand, I have Expedia, which lost 95% of its business in a day. Right. And on the other side, I have IAC, whose virtual businesses have all boomed during this period. And IAC, at that, at the point, that's about six months ago, with close to $4 billion in cash, and a lot of people, instead of running around trying to put their fingers in various dikes, were running around trying to find opportunity. Right. And out of that search for opportunity, we came upon MGM Resorts. And like most things that you come upon, you find a hundred ways, reasons to say, oh no, we're not doing that. And we spent several months in that process as we always do. And usually it comes out where you say, no, thank you, we move on. Every time we scratched and scratched deeper and deeper, we actually found we could not say no. Right. And that, as it happened, got us just more and more excited about the opportunity. So I think you know my next question. What else is interesting you right now? Uh, what are you looking at? What sectors might be appealing to you at IAC? Or Expedia? Well, I mean, Expedia, it, 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 again, who would have ever asked for this? I mean, to say the least, to, to say that. And, and I am... I'm, of course, affected by how much damage has been done. Uh, I'm not just talking about the macroeconomic damage, but the but the damage to people's lives, to pe- the damage, the damage here is extraordinary. I believe that the government has one obligation. 
It is to basically right that situation. We are a wealthy country. And what we ought to do is simply say, we want the status ante quo, and we're going to provide whatever it takes to make that happen for every single person, and particularly, certainly not yeah. for the affluent who've gained a huge amount during this period, but for those who haven't. That's the obligation. And uh, uh, so, the 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 again the the, the thing that the thing that has happened at Expedia when you have that kind of loss, right? We did the thing that anybody with half a brain would do. The first thing we did is said, we need to have enough capital to get us through this under any circumstances we can foresee. And so we went out and debted ourselves up uh, in the, you know, six, eight billion dollars. And anything we can see, even with this elongated thing, is going to, uh, we're going to get through it. We've then said, okay, don't let a crisis go to waste. And we were in the in the process of reorganizing the company to make it more right. efficient. You, right. all, you know that whole tale. 2019 wasn't exactly a great year either. So a change of management and all that stuff. So we were really ahead of it. But when we were when we had this crisis hit, we were able to really say, okay, how can we come out of this in every area of Expedia better than we went into it? And that's in terms of our product. It's in terms of our technology. It's really in terms of everything. So that's been the work that's taken place during this period for Expedia. Long, again, meandering, forgive me, short, and you should stop me, whatever, means that Expedia has not been interested in any outside investments. On the IAC side, we're interested in everything that walks, and we've still got a huge amount of capital left, and uh, we're going through our process. Any sectors in particular that interest you, Barry? No, I don't do sector stuff. Right. I mean, I, you know, no one ever would have thought that uh, we would get into the uh, uh, resort directly into resorts and gaming. I wouldn't have thought it until the idea came up and we started studying it. Right. Back to Expedia. I mean, why was Peter Peter Kern the right person to lead the company? By the way, he's a guest tomorrow at the forum. Uh, well, go ahead. why don't you ask him? Why was he the right choice? Well, <laughs> uh, from my point of view, first of all, I've known Peter. Actually, I met Peter 25 years ago uh, when he was, uh, I was kind of an adult and he was a something of a child. Uh, and I've always respected him. And uh, we've uh, been not really, we not worked directly really since that time. Uh, other than the fact that at, at a point we put him on the Expedia board and it is in that process of him being on the board and then long before we changed management, uh, Peter became vice chairman in addition to just being a board member and part of the senior management group and, uh, and really in every way impressed me not only in in his understanding of travel but in that period of the, his maturing life uh he became a world-class executive manager 
And so when we had to change management, there really was only one person I considered, and that was Peter. Great. Let me shift gears a second, Barry. We, uh, we all are confronting this challenge of being more diverse and more inclusive in yeah. the travel industry, as well as you know, stiff is included in that. What are you doing at IAC to sort of address some of those issues of inclusiveness, diversity, beyond just the hiring practices? Well, I think we're all doing it. I mean, I, I, I do think, again, uh, coming out of tragedy, but this new awakening, so to speak, uh, has not been one that uh, has uh, been like previous awakenings, meaning an incident happens, it flicks up in your priorities and consciousness, and then you get back to life a month or two later. I, I, I don't think so. Time will, of course, tell. But I can speak for IAC, Expedia, and for, I can't speak for them, but I can speak about them uh, as well as you can, about companies who have changed and adapted and uh, have actually made real, I mean, and not just lip service or press release uh, programs uh, that address this issue. It, 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 I can again say for both of our companies, the work we've just uh, 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 employed a senior, senior person at Expedia uh, with vast experience in this area, and that will be a senior position as part of the leadership group uh, dedicated to this. At IAC, we, uh, we had a embarked upon a fellows program that we called it because we were just sick of the inability of us to populate the company uh, with uh, uh, with minorities of all kinds, uh, people who had been not showing up in our senior middle even ranks. And so we started this program uh, that uh, is the first time I've seen at the very entry point, uh, the kind of work that is necessary to get people into the stream of the company. Very, we started this a couple of years ago and we then announced before this recent incidents would, we were going to invest another $25 million in it. So I can say on under surface levels, not, not, uh, superficially we're at work on this and it's never going to stop. Great. Barry, I want to finish up with two questions. One is we're less than 50 days away from the election. How important is U.S. leadership to the future of the travel industry? Oh, my God. Um, there, I don't know. I, as I say, there's this anvil over our heads. And uh, uh, six, seven weeks from now, one hopes, not on election night, we'll know who our administration is going to be. Uh, it affects everything. It's a, I, I can tell you this, and this has never been true before for me. I mean, I've certainly been interested in who our leadership is and have voted and contributed millions of dollars over the years to, to what I think is at least worth supporting. But I've never felt 
really, I've never felt personal about it to the sense that my life is going to be deeply affected by what happens, deeply affected in terms of how I feel about the present and how I feel about the future. Uh, that's never happened before because, again, I didn't, I wasn't around at other times in our history where in the few times where it's been really important. So to me, when you ask the question, uh, I, I think, I don't think I'm exaggerating this. I, I think this is our most important, at least my relatively long lifetime, it's the most important election. I think that the results of it, and I'm clearly not shy about what I would like the results of it to be, which are kind of obvious given my history. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I can't think of anything, honestly. It's just it's very hard to get through any day without this being a topic. And I suspect each day from now on until sometime in November, this is going to be uh, more than on our minds. I'm going to try to finish up uh, on an upbeat note. Uh, as dour as it is to be in the travel industry day to day, what leaves you hopeful about the future, Barry? I'll give you one thing. In uh, 2001, uh, a month, two months before 9-11, uh, we bought into Expedia. Uh, 9-11 comes, travel stops completely. Uh, we had a material adverse change clause and we could get out of the deal. And for about a week, we banged around. <clears throat> what should we do? Shouldn't we get out of this? I mean, there is, we just bought a travel company. There's no travel. Uh, someone in the room said, if there's life, there's travel. I said, that's it, honey. We're, we're in. <laughs> now, ever since then, and I say it now, absolutely. I don't know when, but if there is life, there is travel. And that's what I put, by the way, not only personally, but professionally, I've, uh, you know, I've, I absolutely, I absolutely have and continue to depend upon. What a great message to help us kick off the forum. Barry, thank you so much for your time. I, I hope it doesn't take another pandemic for you to come back. <laughs> I guess that, uh, at a skift event, maybe on stage in person next time. I'll do that. I'll do Thank that. So It'll be a goal for me to get someplace and do something. Terrific. Thank you, Barry. Pleasure. Bye-bye.